This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. I hang out with Dr. Mark Westfall and also a guest, John D. from Birmingham Mountain Radio, who grew up with a mom who is bipolar. So if you think like, oh gosh, maybe I'm bipolar, or if you're a family member and thinks, oh, maybe my you know family member is bipolar, what should you do in that case? Who, who's the first person you should reach out to and talk to? Uh, the first person, well, obviously go to the loved one and, and see if you can go with them somewhere as a team, because it really is a team approach when it comes to treating mood disorders. Uh, because, because of the lack of insight when someone's manic, um, it often helps them to have someone who's on their team. Um, but, you know, a, a primary care doctor, a lot of people start there. Psychiatrists are, you know, that's where the, that's the, that's the bread and butter of psychiatry is treating mood disorders. I mean, that, that's where you would essentially end up. If someone is bipolar, most primary care doctors um, go ahead and push that on up to the psychiatrist specialist pretty quickly. So it's something that needs to be managed really by someone who kind of does it all the time. It's really complex uh, to manage, um, and there are a lot of different options and a lot of side effects. Unfortunately, most of the medicines we have have side effects that come along with them for that particular illness. Um, but it's very manageable. It is very treatable. It is not curable at this point in time. It doesn't go away. But you can definitely manage the symptoms. And the earlier you start treatment, the fewer episodes you will have. In other words, there seems to be a, a deterioration of the mood regulatory center. The more you have these spells, that's true for depression as well. The more episodes you have, the more dysregulated the regulatory center gets. So if you treat it early, there's a better prognosis for keeping it under control than waiting late. So, and both both of these conditions, depression and bipolar, typically for many people start uh, in their youth, starts in, in their teens or early 20s. Now, sometimes it doesn't start till 40s or 50s, just everyone's not the same, but it is very common for some signs of it to be present in the, in the teenage years. John, did you guys go to her and say like all right look we think or did she she did she say i think something's wrong with me no i think i think uh, she was originally diagnosed well before uh even having my brother as a, i think as a, a late teenage years very early 20s but they i think that they was just misdiagnosed and they just treated it as depression mm-hmm. and you know that was probably um i guess that was probably in the late 60s early 70s i'm sure that it was a lot different and then by the time um I came along and 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 all of that. It was um, that made her really depressed. Oh boy, you cannot imagine. <laughs> she won't stop talking about it. Um, but uh, she, you know, the funny thing is too is um, when I was a kid, both of my parents were drinkers. Um, and then once my mom got very serious about trying to figure out what was going on and seeing, I think the problem is is she saw too many people and not and 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 it, and it wasn't meshing for her to have somebody that was working with her um so she she would drink but the problem that we also noticed was if you were on any kind of medication and then you drank it made everything else worse is yes. what we saw great point it is um substance abuse is very 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 common with bipolar disorder um their impulsivity is lower so they tend to use for that reason they also tend to uh their, their mood responds to substances more dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either self-medicating or just feeling the, the push back and forth. 
And so it's really common for there to be accommodation. So one of the reasons she's probably yep. doing better is because she finally said, hey, I got to take that variable out of the equation. Yep. I mean, so that was that was gone. And then, um, you know, there was a period, I guess, where we probably where she probably saw went through like I said earlier, went through different, uh, I get maybe diagnoses, but different treatments, um, for it. And I think at one point they had even bandied around, um, electroshock therapy, mm-hmm. which I think actually, um, my mom being as tough as she was, was terrifying to her was absolutely yeah. the thought of yeah. that. Um, but, and you know, the one thing that we've talked about since I've gotten, as, as I became an adult was, um, you know, we would talk about the medications and things like that. And she said, the one thing is, is that you, and she's like, now looking back on this, now that I'm on medications that work was when I was feeling good, I'd felt like I didn't need to take medication. Right. Mm. Like I'm fine. I don't need this. It's not doing anything. Or, um, or even when she was a little bit hypomanic. Yes. And it feels good. I I, I suspect your mom spent a lot of time hypomanic and not fully manic. And which is one of the reasons it probably wasn't diagnosed early on. She had the depression was, she definitely felt it and didn't like it, but mm-hmm. the 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 kind of the the euthymia we call it the the baseline move was was felt good, and then the hypomania felt okay too. So it really didn't come to to her awareness that hey, this is a problem. The depression really stood right. out for her. But when you start treating depression by itself and think that's all you have, you frequently create more manic spells because yeah. of the medicines you and choose That's what you that. said earlier about right. the not being on Prozac alone. That's right. probably yeah. a bad idea right. in this case. I mean, I think I think it was uh, it was Prozac, and then it was an MAOI. Okay, that's mm-hmm. an um, antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Which was weird because that one was that one was funny because whenever we cooked certain foods, we had to stay away. I remember there being on the on yeah, the it, it essentially blocks an enzyme in your body that. Uh, long story short, if you eat certain foods, it can dramatically raise your blood pressure. Yeah, like like life threatening level. Yeah. Oh. Because mm-hmm. the the enzymes in your gut that break down these things that turn into uh, the blood pressure elevating things don't work anymore. So we mentioned earlier that somehow creativity overlapped here with bipolar disorder. So let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll discuss how that is because I have yet to make the, awesome make the connection. We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall talking about bipolar disorder and now going to get into uh, how creativity kind of overlaps with that. I'm interested to hear what that is. But here comes a tweet from Mama Dove. She says, how early does bipolar typically present? Because high school years seemed quite normal, but it started in their 20s. So we talked about that a little bit, but that both of those are kind of normal, that late high school, early 20s, right? Well, and so I'm not quite sure on the question, but I think that um, I don't know if she's talking about specifically your mom or in general. It may... And the question may be, it may be hard to pick up in the teen years because some of the behavior and mood changes can seem normal in the teen years. And so it's difficult to know when is it starting. Um, is this normal teenage mood change or is this, um, you know, a sign of a mood disorder? And it's very difficult. There's not The criteria for children are not the same as adults, and it's frequently um, uh, delayed in its diagnosis. Uh, so... That's really when you need to get a, uh, a psychiatrist or child psychiatrist to evaluate and, and help you determine is this you know um, normal behavior or is this you know normal teen behavior or is this a mood disorder and so depression um, uh, in teens is really common um, and so if you have any doubt then you know get some assistance because uh, teen suicide is one of the leading causes of death for teens. Am I 
mistaken, isn't there sometimes a link between antidepressants and suicide, which has never made sense to me because it seems like antidepressants... Are there some of those medications that can... So briefly, there was a study that showed that in teens that antidepressants have a slight risk of increasing their action or thoughts of suicide. Why would that be? It was a small change. Well, their brain's different. Remember, it's developing. And so, you know, we're giving them something that moves their mood center around, the mood regulatory center. And so in a small percentage, we're talking about it was 2%, but... You know, if it's your two percent, that's a lot. Yeah. Then it can uh, sometimes worsen thoughts of suicide. However, real quickly, when that study came out, what happened? This is about seven or eight years ago. There was a instant reaction on behalf of like pediatricians and primary care doctors to say, "Whoa, this is a little heavy. I'm not going to prescribe serot- this particular type of medicines. I won't go into. I'm not going to prescribe those anymore." And what happened that year, for the first time in about a decade or mm. two, the rate of teen suicide increased so it's that media kind of saying oh it's going to cause suicide it's going to cause suicide and it was an overreaction it was a small percentage yes you have to watch it closely but the knee-jerk reaction of everybody to pull back on treating teens for depression actually made more children attempt and complete suicide for that year or two well and something you said earlier was something i had never heard before but that's very interesting also when you think about if you have a teenager that you're concerned about when it comes to bipolar disorder then uh it it does it behooves you to act on that quickly because like you said the longer it goes untreated then there is a degenerative most definitely and especially if it's going on during the brain's developmental years because it becomes more hardwired right so i'm glad we talked about that because i definitely had fallen into that misconception i'd heard that and like oh man i wonder where the connection is so yeah there we go um all right so we've been talking about Bipolar disorder and have been mentioning creativity, but so here we go. Yeah, what's the connection? Right, so, well, there's this. There's been this observation by folks that you know some of the great creative minds uh, over the years um, have had some mental illness. Uh, Van Gogh comes to mind, um, having been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, there are many others. Herman Melville, uh, oh, Moby Dick writer, uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder and alcohol. Um, uh, Charles Dickens. Had, uh, no, bipolar I've never disorder, heard that. Primarily huh. on the depressed side, but had bipolar disorder. You've never disorder. heard of Charles Dickens? I've heard <laughs> of Charles Dickens. Uh, yeah, That's interesting, though, because I teach a Christmas carol every year, and so it's very interesting to think about the, who what that guy was and yeah. difficult situations he lived through as well, right. um, obviously. Um, that's interesting, huh? Yeah. Hemingway, bipolar. Well, now uh, that alcohol. makes sense, yeah. yeah. He also had some psychotic symptoms when he was when he was manic. That's the other thing. When people get manic, that full-blown all the way, 180-degree yeah. open, they can have psychotic symptoms, too. Delusions, hallucinations. Uh, the brain is really on fire. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. Hmm. Depression, and there's been some, some good articles written that he probably had some periods of hypomania, which is when he did a lot of his speech writing and, and some of his, his yeah, work. Came up a lot of great stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's been some research into this and looking at, okay, is there a connection between these great minds and the bipolar spectrum? Because um, if you can imagine, if you're a little bit hypomanic, your brain seems to be working a little more efficiently. You're, you're, you're thinking more clearly in your mind. You're, you're expanding your emotional uh, spectrum. And so there are some studies to look at. Is there a connection between creativity and bipolar disorder? Is it uh, along that spectrum when the door is just beginning to get open, are people more creative? And right. so that's a hard thing to define. But there was one study that when they looked at, um, I think, over 1,000 of creative minds and they did it randomly from i think the new york times over a span of 30 years they pulled their uh some of the 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 professions that were uh spotlighted in the new york times and this included architects artists musicians composers actors directors 
essayists, fiction writers, and poets. All, you know, that, that seems to be a creative type of, of profession. And um, essentially, uh, we're able to pull records and look at their uh, mania incidents. And there was an 8% incidence of mania. Now, if you were listening earlier, <coughs> general population incidence of mania, pure, I mean, like full-blown right. mania, is 1%. 1%, right. Eight times as likely. So Interesting. It kind of points to that there is this creativity aspect to being in the manic or probably more in the hypomanic state that actually uh, um, broadens the mind to, to areas they haven't been before, which is why a lot of people like being there. It feels good, and you get a lot of work done, and people often are in their most creative place. It also can take place uh, along the dis- depressed side of things. When you're feeling depressed, you can really pull out some of your best um, literary work if you're have if you're writing on dark material. There are rich emotions yeah. in those in those spectrum. Yeah. The the actor uh, Heath Ledger comes to mind. Yeah. Um, when he was doing um, the Batman, right? Work, the Joker. Mm-hmm. It was a very dark role, and actors really get into their character and they said it was really kind of pulled him into depression um being in that interesting i'm worried about so many of these shows we do i think oh my gosh this (laughs) describes me so well (laughs) (laughs) it really is hitting on a lot of uh uh, but is there also a connection to to make a triangle there between bipolar and creative and add adhd because you hear that exact same thing with add well same thing so so the, the similarity between adhd and bipolar is that they both can be distractible and get to parts of their brain that you might not get if you are if your brain's overly controlling your thought processes. And so there's this there's this randomness in thinking that sometimes lands you outside of the box and often can come up with creative ideas. And so that's exactly right. So a lot of people with ADHD that are on medication to help them focus, they say, you know, I, I can't do my creative work on the medication. I can do my paperwork. I can do my schoolwork. But I can't do my creative work on that medication. Right. It kind of it, it stilts me. Um, so that's uh, an interesting so that's bargain point. that Great artists point. often have to consider. And, and what am I going to give up? It, you know, is mental wellness worth losing? You know, this creative side. And I've known people personally, um, you know, who've been through that. Not just you know artists and, and authors and, and musicians that you've heard of, but but people I've known who have had that exact life. same question. Yes, you know? it, it's it's very common. And it's one of the most difficult things to balance when you're treating a patient who doesn't have the full blown mania, but has the hypomania, and you're trying to help them help encourage them that you know this is going to be helpful to you. And they're like, well, it's not helping me in one area, and so it really is an important debate to to regulate and help them learn about their brain and and come up with a uh, a treatment plan that works for them especially if you're an artist and that's your identity exactly then how yeah how quickly should you be willing to give that up i right. have to you know we've talked about on the show that i'm diagnosed add or whatever and so i, I no. medicate for that very lightly and uh, but on a regular schedule and it is one of those things i have to think about like okay if i'm going to be doing an interview or hosting a show or trying to be funny like you know Spontaneously, think, yeah. yeah. So, but it is this balance also. Wait, like, it helps you do that, or it doesn't? Help it you does do not. That. Right, it takes away from that. Yeah, that's what I figured. But mm-hmm. with it at the same time, like it also helps me speak correctly and not like stumble over my words and remember the stuff yeah. I'm supposed to say. So, it's a fine line of like, how do I how do I balance mm-hmm. this to get that yeah. right? You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. When have you been funny? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. I take yeah. the medicine a lot. Yes, yeah. I take the medicine yeah. a lot. Yeah. Are you uh, saying your saloon door is just a little bit open? I think it's just a little <laughs> bit open. It's a little bit open. Examine your saloon door pretty darn quick. Huh. Uh, all right. That's all very interesting stuff. And, you know, I told you beforehand I didn't know anything about this. I was 
wanting to learn and what I think I did. I mean, a, a ton came out of this. It's interesting. Without question. And awesome. that's interesting, that connection there at the end with creativity. And that makes sense. I mean, you hear a lot, except the Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Dickens, we didn't know who that was. I knew who Dickens <laughs> was. Now he does. Yeah. Um, it would make sense that that guy would be depressing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dr. Mark Westfall, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, we do this once a month. Uh, go check out the podcast, all of Dr. Mark's segments. They're, they're being cataloged now. So the brain and addiction is up, but all the other ones will be you know, coming up uh, as the weeks roll on. So it's Let's Think On It on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, type that in, subscribe to it, and you go, you'll get them uh, as soon as they're uploaded. Thanks a lot to John D. from John D. in the Afternoon here on Birmingham Mountain Radio for hanging out and telling us his story growing up with a parent with a bipolar disorder. Um, look, look how you turned out. Oh, no, don't blame you can't say that <laughs> oh no that's, no, no that's not fair to say that to blame that on my mom <laughs> no of course not <laughs> yeah. of course not um, alright great stuff to listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio 107.3 FM in Birmingham 97.5 in Tuscaloosa at bhammountainradio.com or on the free BMR app join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers <laughs>